0: You're listening to the Think Like an Entrepreneur podcast, because it turns out there's no such thing as a struggling entrepreneur. There are only business owners still operating from an employee mindset. I'm your host, business coach, Catherine Morrison. Now let's dig in. Hey guys, how are you? I am doing so well, I'll be honest, I feel like, I don't know, the past month or so, I've just feeling a little bit down. And it's so interesting. People think once the business like takes off like crazy that like the world is just going to be amazing and everything's going to be good. <laughs> and I've heard so many entrepreneurs talk about like, no, nope, life is still 50-50. And it has just been interesting because I think 2020 has been in so many ways such a phenomenal year for me professionally. And obviously like my business is my purpose. And so there's so many things that are amazing about that, but my brain has some thoughts about the pandemic and about what's going on. And I have just, I don't know, I've like missed my parents so much. I've really missed, I was like talking to my husband the other night. Um, I've just really missed going out with girlfriends, just having girls weekends and trips out with people. And so if you guys are, are having brains that are similarly feeling that way, I, I just want to say one of the things that I got to was like, how can we make this something that's like really enjoyable for our family? Like how can we turn this into something um, that is actually like just an amazing opportunity? And one of the things, we live in Austin and prior to Austin, we've lived in San Francisco and Philadelphia as well. But San Francisco and Philadelphia, they're quite densely populated, and once you get outside of them, they are also still quite densely populated. Oh, I gotta say guys, one of the things about Austin that is so interesting is that yes, the city is densely populated, but you leave like 15 minutes outside of city limits and it is ranch land, there are cattle, (laughs) there's just acres full of open fields. And so we have had so much fun over the past few weekends, we've just made it a thing like, okay, like where can we go? And we're exploring like little towns that are like sparsely populated. Like we're like, basically, where can we go where there aren't many people? Um, And I've just found so many really cool little spots. And so I think that that was like, my brain was definitely indulging in drama about like, I'm tired of being home. And so it's just been a really fun way for us to problem solve around like how can we actually still just be out and have adventures and enjoy what we're doing. So if that's helpful for anybody to hear, find some ways for you to have some adventures. All right. This is going to be a good one today. Are you guys ready? We're going to talk about the nine to five, the dream economy, and the great divide that exists between them. Two years ago, I was just leaving my nine to five. I worked in tech, I made really great money, I loved the people I worked with, but I just couldn't shake this feeling that I was made for more. That doing this job until I was 65 could not be it. And I spent a lot of time telling myself that I had to stay there. I bonded with colleagues over complaining about how expensive real estate was, about how hard it was, even with our big salaries. We fed comments back and forth to each other in an endless loop of rationalizing why we had to stay there. But I didn't want to be there. And I remember being promoted from the director of business development at the company I was at to heading up an entire business unit. And the conversation that the chief client officer had with me at that time, And he sat me down and like, I think he was really psyched. You know, he talked about how sharp I was, how good I was with managing the deals and the clients and how I'd really come into the thing that I was meant to do. He could like tell this was the thing I was meant to do. And he had this whole vision he had for me. He saw me running the company's biggest deals and like painted it in in great vision and I remember at the time there was a part of me that like felt so pleased, you know, almost like a kid, like wanting to get patted on the head. Like it felt so good for my ego and I loved the external validation of it. But honestly, actually, I felt really sick during that meeting. I felt like extremely nauseated as he was talking to me because the idea that that was what I was meant to do with my life was like sickening. I didn't, want to, I didn't want to be doing what I was doing and I kept telling myself I had to do it and then I was having someone tell me like oh this is clearly the thing you're meant to do and my body was like revolting. I remember leaving the meeting feeling like I had this giant bowling ball in the pit of my stomach as if the weight of his words were literally weighing me down at my desk because no matter how many promotions, how many shiny title bumps I got, I just had this gnawing feeling inside of me that I couldn't shake because I knew deep in my bones that I wanted to be the creator of my own life instead of being the executor of someone else's vision for me. I had spent a lot of time checking off all the boxes that I was told were going to make me successful, and then I got to the end of the check boxes and I was like, wait a second, This is not the life trajectory I want. I wanted to do my own thing and committing to that decision of creating my own thing has been the greatest journey of my entire life. I made the decision that I was going to make a lot of money doing work. I absolutely loved doing work that deeply served and impacted people in the world and I entered the dream economy. To be super honest, I entered it skeptically because everything I had been taught was that I should settle and shut up and just be grateful for what I had. And because of this, I sat in my six-figure job, shaming myself so hard for so many years because I was deeply unhappy in what I was doing. And rather than decide for myself how I wanted to live my own life, I took on the ideas of other people around me and then told myself I was wrong for feeling the way I did. And because this was my mindset, Entering the dream economy was deeply triggering. Entering a world where so many people around me made tons of money doing things they absolutely loved, things that set their souls on fire, things that deeply helped and served people. And because this way of living, this way of being was so different than the nine to five world I had constructed for myself within my own brain, I was looking for the catch, like. Surely there was Bernie Madoff lurking around somewhere. And so while my brain was skeptical, resistant, a little in disbelief about this whole laptop lifestyle thing, my heart deeply longed for it. If it was possible for some people, I chose to look at those people as evidence it was possible for me too. And I got started. Now, a couple years later, Sitting in a multiple six-figure business that I built brick by brick from the ground up, I have such a higher perspective about the path from leaving your nine-to-five to to scaling into full-time entrepreneurship. And when I say full-time entrepreneurship, I mean full-time income. I actually work way fewer hours than I did in my nine-to-five, but I make a lot more money. And honestly, when I entered entrepreneurship, I just wanted to get back to my nine-to-five salary, which was in the low six figures. And now that I've transitioned into the dream economy, I'm looking at scaling to a million in the next few years. And if I could go back two years ago and tell Catherine from two years ago now what current Catherine is doing, she literally would not believe me. She wouldn't believe she was capable of it. She wouldn't believe making that kind of money was possible doing work you loved helping people. She wouldn't believe any of that. And I know that two years ago, she would have wished she could have had a higher perspective, a bird's eye view about what was possible. And so I wanted to spend some time talking about what I see so clearly happening between the nine to five and the dream economy. I'm not gonna sugarcoat this. In between the nine to five and the dream economy is a great divide. It is very simple to get across but that doesn't mean it's easy. And I could probably do a whole series of podcasts around this and I probably will at some point. But I imagine the transition as like a video game level. There's a wide canyon and on the left is being an employee and on the right is the dream economy. The dream economy means that you are an entrepreneur that is making as much money as you want doing work that you love, right? And there's a series of jumps that you need to make to get from one side of the canyon to the other. And in each one of those jumps is a different kind of mindset. So I kind of want you to imagine, so we've got our canyon, (laughs) employee on the left, dream economy, like entrepreneur that's killing it on the right. And in the middle, I kind of picture it in Utah, I think it's called Bryce Canyon, but there's almost these, um, it's not stalactites, it's the ones where they go up in the air. But so it's like in between the canyon, there's like areas where you can jump to, there's like stepping stones. And on each one of those jumps where you would step to the next area before you you know, kind of rest and then make another jump as you get across the canyon, there's a different kind of mindset. So I wanted to categorize them into different categories where I see people... Get lost or stuck on the journey from the nine to five into really thriving as entrepreneurs in the dream economy. Now the first shift you need to make is deciding you're going to enter entrepreneurship, not just consume podcasts about doing it and keep telling yourself you're going to do it soon. That you're just quote unquote, getting ready. Getting ready is the fancy way of saying hiding. It's the way to make procrastinating sound responsible. But it's also a sign that you're close to making the jump if you decide to do it. And I think of this shift as exceptionally important because being in the 9 to 5, you've been taught your entire life that you need to be practical and responsible and put money in your 401k and be grateful that you have a job. Some people don't. So settle down and shut up. And what's so interesting is how strong that narrative is, how deeply ingrained it can get into your brain that so many nine-to-fibers that don't want to be nine-to-fibers don't even try. They don't even get out of their desk and try to create a life they love. You know how they have shock collars for dogs and after a period of time, like if the dog wears the collar for enough time... (laughs) and it gets shocked a handful of times, it does not need to get shocked that many times before it has in its brain, this is an arbitrary, this is a boundary I don't cross. So it's very common that after the dog wears the collar for a little bit, you can take the collar off and the dog will never try to leave the yard. The dog doesn't even need to be wearing the shock collar anymore. The dog could, at that point, actually leave the yard at any time it wanted but it does not even test the boundaries anymore. And so you'll see so many nine to fivers who tell you all the reasons it isn't possible for them. They could leave the yard at any time, but they keep themselves confined in the nine to five system by telling themselves all the reasons why they can't do it, all the reasons why it's not possible for them. I am, <laughs> some of you might be like, okay, comparing people to dogs? Uh, guys, this was me. I stayed in this phase for about 10 years, probably. Yeah. I never really enjoyed being in the nine to five, but I spent all of my time telling myself I couldn't make money doing what I loved, that I had to stay in my job because I had to save for college because I don't know if you guys have seen on Instagram stories. I got a lot of kids, right? And on and on and on. And I repeated this narrative to myself so frequently, so deeply that I didn't even try to leave the yard. I just 100% believed that having any other kind of life was not possible for me. The mental prison I lived in was airtight with reasons why I couldn't, so I didn't even bother trying. And so yeah, saying you're getting ready to start a business is a fancy way of saying you're hiding, but it also means you're just an inch away, right? It's like you're, you're the dog that like is, is like the collars off and you're like looking at the boundary and you're like, wait a second, right? You're like, you're like starting to open yourself off. Like I can leave the yard. I can do this at any time, right? So you're like preparing yourself for the run through the bounds. And I probably stayed, I stayed there for a little bit. I remember like listening to so many, I listen to, a bunch of real estate. When I first came out of the nine to five and I actually wanna have, I have an old coworker and he uh, he was basically the person that for me opened my brain up to possibility. I worked with him. He was another employee in the company I worked for and he jumped off and did real estate full-time. And I'd never seen someone, to me there were just either employees or there were entrepreneurs. I didn't know that like employees could become entrepreneurs. And so when I saw him jump off and make that shift, My brain, like totally, it was like, wait, what? And I saw him go out and I saw him thrive. And it was like that moment for me where I was like, wait a second, there's no boundaries. Like I can leave this yard at any time. And so once you're thinking about like, I can leave this yard at any time, you open yourself up to what's possible. And then you leave the yard. But after that, you leave the yard sort of with trepidation, right? And after you launch the business and jump off that nine to five side of the canyon, there's still a bunch of jumps. And I'm going to talk about some of the different jumps I see. And this isn't necessarily like a linear path, but rather a variety of stops along the way to the dream economy that I see people get stuck in. First of all, there's the great pretenders. This was definitely my first jump. The great Pretenders think that starting a business is about having a slick website and business cards and just the right Instagram tagline. They take their nine to five brain and just try to add Squarespace and posting on social media and trying some super snappy copy tips to make their posts extra fabulous. And even within this category, I'd say there's like two types of great pretenders There's the people who literally don't understand it's their brain that will create their business. And so they actually think that what creates it is the website and the business cards. And then they're super confused when it quote unquote is not working. I'd say those are like the unaware great pretenders. Like it's not even in their level of awareness that what they're doing is like playing business. Like the kid version of having the play kitchen and pretending to cook a meal. But then there's the conscious great pretenders. Guys, this was totally me. I 100% knew when I first started my business that I was playing pretend. I hadn't started training with my coach yet, and so where my brain was at was wanting to have a business, but mostly just obsessing about what other people around me might be thinking. So I would literally write posts not directed at helping my ideal client. My mindset and my goal when writing a lot of my content became about thinking about what if someone I knew from my nine to five life would see it and making sure it appeared like I was super successful. And I bet you'll never guess it guys, but I was making just about no money. I had a super slick Instagram though, with all the Instagram robot followers I had bought, so it would look like from the outside that I was successful. But I was barely making any money and I felt awful. I felt like a dirty liar because I knew in my heart that I was being one. (laughs) I was totally acting out of integrity with myself. And this goes back to that Maslow's Hierarchy episode a couple weeks ago. I had no self-esteem or belief in myself. And I'd spent my entire career looking for the validation of the executives around me, of my colleagues, of my parents, of everybody else, right? I wanted the cookie (laughs) to feel good about myself. So I took that part of my brain and I carried it with me into entrepreneurship. And so for the conscious great pretenders, you have got to start doing the work of getting to zero fucks and having your own back, which I have an entire episode about. If you have not heard it, it's a good one. You can listen to this one and then go back and listen to that when this is done. And I don't think there's any like unaware great pretenders in here because you're literally listening to a business mindset podcast. So I'm not even going to go there. All right, so let's talk about, after you get out of the great pretending, you're actually showing up. Let's talk about a few other types of business owners I see, what's going on in their brains that's keeping them from reaching the other side and really embodying being a powerful entrepreneur and living in the dream economy. There are the strategy as a costume for hiding brains. And after I moved out of being a great pretender, I came here. I'd worked in business strategy, like my entire career, sales, business development, business strategy. So my brain told me I was being super savvy, really strategic, but actually I was just hiding because it felt really good to be designing my little Google spreadsheets, doing my market research instead of actually going out and putting myself on the line and potentially hearing no from someone, which is fascinating. I'd spent a career, like many years in sales, but the moment I was not selling something for someone else, right? In a business, I was selling myself. That was that was basically like the attachment my brain made, right? So it was like, my brain was so afraid of hearing no. And so I, he- I hear this so often, like... It, business strategists or marketers that spend exorbitant amount of times, like if they did that and they're nine to five, they come out and they spend a lot of time and they say that it's like super savvy. They, they're like really getting a lay of the land. They got their Google spreadsheet together of the marketplace. But that's actually not the thing that's ever gonna create money for them. And it is just like their brain is tricking them into believing that what they're doing is useful, but it's just actually keeping them hiding. It's keeping them not growing the business. I also see a lot of guys in tech do this when they start their own thing. They'll tell me about how they're spending so much time developing the product into just the right way. And they use fancy words like developing product market fit, but actually they're just tinkering and wasting their time because what they actually need to be doing is going out and pitching themselves and meeting a ton of people and getting super noisy on the internet like hardcore marketing and selling but that scares them so they'll like They'll, they'll design their product and then they'll like talk to one person that gives them one tiny bit of feedback and they'll be like, oh, okay. No, 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 I need product market fit, right? And they go back and they just like tinker on the back end for forever. Like I see people spend literally years in a loop of doing this and never actually getting their business off the ground. And the work here is getting super comfortable putting yourself out there, marketing and selling. And this is like, you could watch all the marketing webinars in the world if you're not changing your brain to think in a way that makes you feel super comfortable and confident doing that, then you will actually just feel super creepy when you're doing it. All right, next, there are the hustlers. These business owners, that are actually oftentimes making some money, but they hate their lives. The way they make their money is from a really dysfunctional internal management team. And if you're just dropping into this episode, it's one of the foundational concepts I teach. I think it's episode number three. You can go back and listen to it. But basically, when you come into entrepreneurship, you come into managing yourself for the first time, right? And so oftentimes with the hustlers, what they've got is an internal manager that is a little bit like a jockey with a racehorse, just beating the crap out of them all the time. And because they haven't retrained that internal management team inside of themselves, imagining doing the work of scaling is untenable because they are in such an intense cycle of hustle followed by burnout and collapse, Hustle, burnout, collapse, repeat. I can't remember where I heard this, but I remember a seven-figure entrepreneur once saying you can hustle your way to six figures, but not to seven. And it's because the problems and patterns you have within yourself, the way you have of managing yourself only magnifies as you grow. So if you're a solopreneur and you end up, you'll like seriously cap yourself by hustling because it requires you can only do so much before you burn out, and then you sort of like need to get the, the race car off the track. If you guys remember, there was another good one, hustle versus hard work. Just a few episodes ago, go listen to that. If you kind of feel like you're a person that's wearing yourself into the ground to be able to work, and then you have thoughts like, I don't even want to grow the business if this is what it's going to take. Because it's actually not growing the business that is the problem. It's the way that you're managing yourself as you're going about it. So if you're identifying any pieces of yourself within any of the stuff I was just saying, I would check out that episode. And I see this, that hustler mindset, it's actually different than the root cause of like the problem of like not moving forward than the side hustler mindset. And that is also completely different from the mindset of an employee who's 100% committed to scaling into full-time entrepreneurship, right? I want you to think about someone who identifies as a business owner who also has a 9 to 5 versus An employee with a side hustle. Like how does side hustle even sound to you? Like what? A lot of side hustlers become aware of entrepreneurship as a way to earn more money outside of their nine to five income, but they haven't done the mindset work of dissolving all of their employee money thinking into entrepreneurial money thinking. So they end up trading their time for money. They run a business from whatever employee money thoughts they had So maybe they think it's really hard to make money or that it's not possible to make a lot of money or whatever it is. And because that's their philosophy of what is possible for them, that's the identity of who they think they are is like, I'm just not a person that can do this. Of course they don't try, right? It's just sort of another version of like the shock collar. It's like, you just don't even believe you're like, this is my yard. I live here. You don't even try to leave the yard to do something bigger. And the work here is often a lot of money mindset work, which I have an entire episode on. You can go check out if you're feeling like, ooh, I'm like feeling like a little bit of what you're talking about now is resonating with me. Go back and listen to the episode about how entrepreneurs think about money. And I have a whole bunch more planned in the coming months that will speak to this. Because the idea of being an entrepreneur that doesn't know how to create money makes about as much sense as being a chef that doesn't know how to cook, right? Being an entrepreneur, it's the art of business. Business is revenue generation. And so I just see a lot of people like beat themselves up that they're not making the amount of income that they want. And it just seems really unfair to me that they're doing that to themselves because they just haven't learned to think like an entrepreneur yet. So why would they be generating the income they wanted, right? It would be like a chef who was like going through training school to become a chef and was beating themselves up that like they didn't, I don't know. What's a thing chefs learned, right? They didn't make the roux exactly right or whatever it was, right? And so thinking about this, it's like if you haven't completely reprogrammed your brain to be thinking like an entrepreneur, you're never going to be able to get there, right? Of course, there's all the knobs and buttons of learning marketing and writing copy and sales. But when you try to implement all of that from employee money thinking, you end up being a very weak revenue generator, which is literally what the container of the business is for, right? Like revenue generation. So, you want to really focus on doing that money mindset work, that identity work as well, of like being a strong, powerful entrepreneur that is a very strong revenue generator, which requires dun, 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 thinking like an entrepreneur. Lastly, there's the freelancers. And depending on what your vision is for your life, this might actually put you into the dream economy. Because let's be real guys, I'm not like, here's the dream economy and this these are like the exact uh, income requirements to get into it, right? The exact requirements of what it means that you're in the dream economy is that you have created a business making all the money you want, doing work you love, that enables you to have the life of your dreams. And what the life of your dreams might look like Is going to look very different than if we were to pull six other people from the street randomly, right? We would have six very different lives, six very different maximum income levels that they wanted to create, six very different ways that success would look. Like, let's be real, guys. When I'm at seven figures, I'm not going to be driving a Ferrari. I'm going to be like, I don't know, probably in some really cool like glamping RV thing, living on land with a lot of trees, right? Probably a small house with land with a lot of trees. Right? So the dream economy is whatever is the vision for your life. And so I think here there's some of the clients that I work with, especially when you just love your craft, like my interior design client or my photographer client, or people that just, they have a craft and they genuinely love to do that craft. And for them, making six figures a year is awesome and totally enough to cover the life they really love living. For them, the reason they have the business is because they love their craft so much. And so they are so happy to trade their time for money. And so with this business model, you're capped in your ability to scale. But really, when I work with these clients, I want to stay in the business model that we're working in there. But then the work is becoming the premium option within the industry, right? If you love the craft, of course, you want to be the best in your industry. You want to be the best at your craft, not from a place of like, then I'll be worthy, but just like, oh my gosh, this is the thing I totally love to do. Like, of course you'd want to be like, I love this so much. I just want to spend so much of my time really honing it, right? And so then they're able to command very high rates and love the time they get to spend doing their craft, rather than feeling like they're spending 90% of their time trying to find a way to get people to hire them to do their craft, right? So we tip the scale so they're spending a lot more time actually doing the work of their craft that they love. But then there's some freelancers that actually don't want to stay there. They don't want to be tra- trading just their time for money in that craft. They want for their what their vision of their life is, right? They want to scale out of that. And basically find ways to replace themselves in the day-to-day tactical implementation stuff and really focus their time as being like the visionary who focuses all of their time on what's next and where to take the business. And some examples of, I have of clients here I've worked with in this transition are, for instance, I have a marketer. She does launch funnels for high six and seven figure entrepreneurs. and She's a total badass at doing this but it doesn't make her heart sing, the implementation side of it. And so our work together became her working on hiring out her team members who would take on the implementation and then getting her marketing and selling to a point where she was just generating enough to like bring people in and then pass that off to her team and what we've been working on for her she wants to go into group programs next she wants to be in more of a thought leadership position within the marketing marketing industry and so it's so fun i feel like in the in the beginning of our work together like she had a lot of thoughts about even being seen on the internet and like just recently she went and got a whole branding shoot she launched a podcast is doing really fun things and it's been so fun she got Um, She works with like higher consciousness magical businesses and it has been so fun. She got like a really big Instagram influencer as a client and is doing, did the entire book funnel for her book launch that got onto the top of an Amazon bestseller list. And it's been so cool to see her go from more of like this freelancer type of mentality to like, she's the CEO of a business that like is other, her like dream clients are now looking to her and they're like, oh my gosh, that's my dream marketer. I have to work with her. And so it's been really fun to see her make that transition. Or my client, Linda, who you guys are going to hear from next week. Oh my gosh, you guys. I just recorded the interview with her a couple days ago. It is so good. Make sure you tune in next week. But she's a former psychology professor that left her tenured position to step into running her dream business. And she now works with a team of sports psychologists working with athletes around the country to optimize their game. And so scaling out of the freelancer category could be through hiring employees to do the work. It could be through creating digital products. It could be through leveraging technology, right? I think about there's so many people I see now that they scale to seven figures basically on their own just by using technology to essentially duplicate themselves, right? Like by putting out so many assets where like they just generate, it's just them and their business, maybe a virtual assistant, and they get out of so much of like the lower level stuff by essentially duplicating themselves with what they're creating. And that is only if that's what your vision is, right? So as you're listening to this, I want you to to like, in particular, we've just got to go back to, we've talked about this so many times, but like, what is the vision? What is your end game? What's your inner CEO got to say? And then the work is just, yep, got to just create that. Not a problem. Your dream's going to look very different than maybe even all the examples I've given so far. And so once you clear past all of these categories of allowing yourself to own what it is you want for your life, of no longer doing things to be liked and instead doing things because you desire them, of shedding the employee money thinking of glass door salary bans and stepping into the possibility of money being a faucet that you just turn on and off like water, you sit squarely in the dream economy. And in the dream economy, people operate from a totally different belief and value system than the nine to five, and that fuels the economy. Like when I go to hire experts or want to learn from someone, I don't look in the nine to five system. I want to hire coaches who have fully transitioned and are living in the dream economy. If I wanted to learn a new skill, like how to, I don't know, like market on Instagram or something, right? I would not go give my money to University of Texas at Austin, right? Like I would not be like, let me take a marketing course from my local university to learn from some professor who's tethered into their system, right? I would find an expert online who's totally killing it in the dream economy, who's directly doing it and selling their expertise, And it's interesting, when I talk to my nine-to-five friends, they're like, what is a mastermind? Right? The idea of people banding together and moving towards a common goal isn't something you see in the nine-to-five because in the nine-to-five, people tether to the CEO's vision and they receive money in exchange for their time and energy that they pour into making the CEO's vision come true. And so I've just laid out very neatly and very clearly the different stepping stones that you might end up on along your path from the nine to five to the dream economy. And the best news is that it's your brain, your mindset that controls your path into the dream economy. As an entrepreneur, the way that you create money is by choosing yourself again and again and again. Every single day, consistently having your own back, believing in yourself and your ability to get it done. It's what creates your future. There's literally nothing standing in your way between going out right now and messaging every single person you know that has a podcast where you have expertise and would be valuable for their audience. It'd probably take you like a few minutes per message, right? There's nothing standing in in that between that and getting it done than your thoughts that would hold you back from taking action, right? There's literally nothing standing in your way between you and reaching out to a million different networking groups and pitching yourself as a speaker or every single news outlet in your local area or niche publications online to become a contributor on their platform. Nothing but your thoughts that would hold you back from taking action. Or how about just like consistently, powerfully making offers to whoever it is, like let's say it's your personal Facebook, let's say it's your business Instagram, Whatever, wherever you are on social media, where rather than just like give content, you're like, hey guys, hire me. Obviously, you wouldn't say it like that, right? But it is the energy of like, you know, the most valuable thing that people can do is hire you and you make offers from that place, right? There's nothing in between you and doing that than just your thoughts. And you can always retrain your mindset retrain your internal management team to be the one that moves you towards your goals consistently. This is the key to making it into the dream economy. Seriously, the barrier to entry into entrepreneurship is super low, right? Anybody can fucking throw up a Squarespace site and create an Instagram handle and start posting. But to get the plane off the ground, it requires the mind of an entrepreneur to actually do it. It requires consistent, continual focus and love and energy and effort and focus on the vision of what you're creating. And any of the internal manager's commentary, right, that are telling you like why that vision isn't possible is literally your internal manager working for someone that is not you. Likely still the nine to five. And because the nine to five brain has in so many ways been taught the complete opposite mindset of what is needed in entrepreneurship around money and what is possible and success and the stunning amount you are able to accomplish by taking full responsibility for yourself and your life, it's like going from being a caterpillar to being a butterfly. And this is when the good news that it's all just your mindset becomes a little bit more complicated because the path to reprogramming your brain from employee to entrepreneur isn't as cute as the Eric Carle book about the very hungry caterpillar that just goes into its cozy cocoon and comes out a glorious butterfly. Do you know what happens in real life? The caterpillar doesn't go into the cocoon and like sprout wings. It literally fucking dissolves. Did you know that? The caterpillar goes into the cocoon and literally dissolves into gelatinous goo and then those cells reconfigure themselves and create a butterfly. Except your transition is not a private cocoon that's a secluded getaway where you just hop into the pod and the process takes care of itself. Like seriously, imagine if the caterpillar had to keep pressing a button. It was like there was a button inside the cocoon and like every six hours it had to like press the button to decide it still wanted to be a butterfly, (laughs) right? So just imagine as... (laughs) As the caterpillar, it's like cells are starting to completely dissolve and it's like becoming goo. And it's like, do I want, okay, I've got to press the button again. I still want this. I still want this. Right? And it had to decide again and again and again that yes, it still wants to go through the process and become a butterfly. You would probably have, I don't know, not a ton of butterflies flying around. And on top of that, imagine if the caterpillar had to know exactly how the cells were supposed to reconfigure themselves to become the butterfly. You'd have a lot of weird Frankenstein half goo, half winged creatures flying around, which is basically what happens when you venture from being an employee to being an entrepreneur and you're trying to figure it out on your own. Because your brain is trying to solve the problem of being an entrepreneur from an employee brain that has spent decades being put through a system that was designed to create nine to five workers. I love it, Albert Einstein talks about this. He says like, you cannot solve a problem from the same level of mind that created it. The mind, in order to emerge into the dream economy as a butterfly, has to become a brain that foundationally, fundamentally thinks like an entrepreneur, and it has to be willing To actively lean into that metamorphosis every day as it's sort of becoming goo and press that button again with a clear eye on the destination of who you are becoming on purpose. And to do that, you've got to be managing your primal brain, which is hardwired, right? Your brain is hardwired to scan for danger and tell you all the things that are going wrong. And it's always going to want to offer you all the thoughts about the way that your latest post isn't getting a bunch of likes. And that means it's an imminent threat to your life. (laughs) I mean, I'm half joking, but legit think about how often your fight or flight nervous system gets activated by just showing up on the internet. That system needs to be overridden for entrepreneurship. And in addition, you've got your socially conditioned caterpillar brain that will want to offer you thoughts about 401ks and that that's what creates your safety and uh, getting a consistent, very defined paycheck every two weeks. And that your nine to five friends think what you're doing is kind of weird. And your mom wishes that you would just go back to your cubicle. And can't you just be grateful for that great job you have? And every single day, let's just keep going with the, right? You got to be the caterpillar, turn it into goo. You got to consciously release all of that. Be the caterpillar turning on purpose into the goo and reconfiguring back into the butterfly and press the button again and again and again. And so I remember when I first came into running a business, I looked at all of the examples of people not making money online as evidence that my nine to five brain used against me to tell me that what I was doing was actually delusional. And it took so much mindset work to see so clearly that it was literally my own delusional nine to five employee thinking that was keeping me from easily making money in entrepreneurship. This is why you have so many half-winged, half-goo equivalents making this transition. Caterpillars half-dissolved or butterflies with one wing, right? It's like people who are showing up online all the time, but they're not making the amount of money that they want to be making. They're not actually, their dream business feels a little bit like a nightmare. They're existing within the divide between the two worlds because they haven't fully gone through the transformation, like maybe someone makes the jump and starts putting themselves out more, but they never do the money mindset work that they can easily earn as much money as they want. So they make money, but they stay stuck at a, maybe around what their nine to five salary was. I see that it's like a very common mindset pattern. Or if you end up like just making like one or two or $3,000 a month, but then you start hanging out with a bunch of other people who are like trying business instead of doing business and they're doing about that, right? And then Sort of the way I talked about how I would talk with my colleagues in my nine to five about how we were all stuck and we were all like we just couldn't do better, right? I see a lot of people there, like when they sort of end up hanging out in a room with other people that are just like, well, this is just what we do and it's just hard. And then we like talk to each other about that, <laughs> right? Right. Or maybe someone makes the jump in being visible online, but they haven't done the work to actually get to zero fucks. So they stay showing up online in their nine to five mask of pretending to be somebody they're not, super watered down, and nobody wants to buy that. Or maybe someone goes through the transition of being bold online, but they don't do the sales mindset work, and then they're trying to make their money internally telling themselves that what they're doing is sleazy because there's a problem with sales, but then they're like, but I have to do it. And then what they actually create for themselves is showing up kind of manipulative and creepy. This is what exists between the divide. And you have to detangle all the nine-to-five thinking. Create an intentional identity as an entrepreneur to become the figurative butterfly, to thrive in the dream economy. You reconfigure your brain to operate solely based on your desires, your purpose, what you feel called to do, and to plug all of that into a mental framework that foundationally thinks like an entrepreneur. This is the process. If you're not easily hitting your goals, it's either an employee way of operating that hasn't been dissolved yet, or a confident entrepreneurial mindset that hasn't yet been fully adopted and solidified. Which brings me to a super fun announcement. The Think Like an Entrepreneur Mastermind is coming! I know so many of you guys have been messaging me, waiting for this, for like months, and I didn't tell you when you were like messaging me on Instagram, but I have literally been spending months planning the exact container, you need to make the transition from the nine to five into the dream economy. Are you ready? We're going to start in mid-November and there will be no half-winged goo creatures allowed to emerge from it. We're going to make the jump from one side of the canyon to the other. And in this video game, we're using the Game Genie. Any kids in the 90s, you're going to get this reference. If not, you're going to have to look it up, right? So you've got infinite lives. So it doesn't matter if you fall off one of the stepping stones on the way there. I've got you. And there will be an entire room of people who have also got you. It is going to be a container of amazingly smart, driven, committed people creating things they didn't know was possible. There's going to be so much fun, so much growth, so much success. The early access list is now open, which you can get by heading over to wwwcatherinemorrisoncoachingcom forward slash mastermind. I'm also going to have the link in the episode notes. And spots will open to people on the early access list days ahead of when it's available to the general public. So you want to head over now and get yourself on the list. This is the springboard to the rest of your life. And I can't wait to see you on the inside. Head over to the Mastermind page now, and I will talk to you all next week.